The Contenders is a proud member of the Cage Club Podcast Network. For other great shows about movies and pop culture, go visit cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. So you want to hit a jewelry store? Not exactly. $16.5 million in each of your bank accounts five weeks from now. That's a lot. Okay, everybody, let's get started. Welcome to The Contenders, the show about the movies made by and starring women who refuse to play by the rules. I am Tobin Addington. And I'm Aislinn Addington. And today we're talking about Ocean's 8 from 2018. A brand new movie. Brand new movie. We both saw opening weekend. We did, which is, I don't, I I rarely see, get to see a movie opening weekend. And I avoid seeing movies opening weekend. So (laughs) it was a real, a real stretch for us both, but we made it work. We did. We did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tobin, what is your history with this film or, or even the broader franchise, if you'd like to share? Well, particularly because we're part of the Cage Club Podcast Network, I need to plug another show that I'm on, mm. Cinemakers, where the first sort of season of that show, uh, Joey and um, Mike and I watched all the movies of Steven Soderbergh, who directed the first three Oceans movies and is a producer on this movie. And I had seen them all before a few times, and then uh, but then watched them within the last year or two for that show and sort of had really fun, thorough discussions about them and wound up uh, liking uh, uh, see 12 more than I had thought I would uh, 11 was my favorite anyway I go I go way back with this franchise because I like Steven Soderbergh so much uh, the the director of those first movies so I had my eye on this because this was announced kind of at the time we were putting the show together putting the contenders together as I recall and so I sort of was it's it sort of uh, the stars kind of aligned for me I was I was uh, I was ready for this one what about you how long ago did you uh, no that's not the one what I want to say how about you what's your history with the franchise i believe at least one of the times watching seeing oceans 11 we saw it together we may have taken dad oh right i remember that yes yes good call um and i like you say um i agree i thoroughly enjoy that first one i love a band of misfits yes and so that i i i think they did it so well and I was, that's what I anticipated about this. Looking forward to this one. I will be honest. I have not seen 12 or 13. Oh, yeah. And I, I'm glad to hear that you appreciate 12 since you're a Cinemaker's experience. So I, I, I had heard this in the wind uh-huh. that, oh, an all, all female, I, you know, after Ghostbusters, probably um, I had heard and I, I certainly am a Soderbergh fan and a Cinemakers fan, uh, but I, I wasn't, um, it wasn't, for me, it wasn't the franchise. It was that first movie. Uh-huh. So I wasn't, I didn't, eh, you know, I don't know. You're not, you're not so invested in the franchise. Thank you. That is exactly what I'm trying to say. Um, but I tell you what I am invested in. <laughs> tell me. Mindy Kaling. And uh, Helena Bonham Carter. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And did I think that they would end up in the same place at the same time? <laughs> Who knows? Because they're both whimsical, but in very different ways. Yes, and good call. And I am attracted to whimsy. I am also attracted to Kate Blanchett's uh, cheekbones. <laughs> Who isn't? 
so yeah, so I had, I'd heard that it was happening and I, I was indifferent or not indifferent. I was intrigued, but I was, um, didn't have a, a real attachment. Um, and then it really snuck up on me. I didn't know it was coming out uh. <laughs> right now. <laughs> I guess also summer has snuck up on me. Uh, so maybe <laughs> everything's going to be a surprise. But um, but I was, uh, you know, delighted to, to have it suddenly in my immediate watch queue and did what I like to do for a, a first weekend movie and go at 11.15 in the morning. Oh, nice. So that I'm not, you know, elbowing the kids out of the way. <laughs> and uh, it was a nice experience. I went with my good friend, Chelsea. What up, Chelsea? Who's colorful and loud in life as she is in the movie theater. Oh, all right. So I'm glad that uh, we went to an 11 at 15 a.m. where that kind of hooliganism <laughs> can be tolerated. They used to have in Brooklyn when we, li- we lived there, there was a movie theater that had special screenings. I think it was like. Wednesday matinees were specifically for mothers with babies and very small children. They turned the sound down so the sound wouldn't be too loud and people could like just let their kids scream or their babies cry or whatever, <laughs> but could still get out to a movie. I always thought I never went to one of those, but I always thought that would be a fun. I shouldn't say just women, but that that's how it was pitched to people. It was pitched as a mom's thing. But, um, but I'm sure it was open to uh, uh, all all different kinds of people who wanted loud to bring kids. As well. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, well, Tobin, because of your uh, investment, in this franchise, I'm sure you have two great bits of film history for us here. Yes, uh, two quick bits. So Steven Soderbergh, who I mentioned had, and we talked about, um, it was a producer on this movie. And the director of this movie is a, is a man named Gary Ross. Gary Ross made a movie that you and I liked at the time. I guess I haven't watched in a while, but uh, he made a movie, Pleasantville, um, mm. a number of years ago, uh, with a great performance by Joan Allen in it. <laughs> I knew um, you were going to say that. <laughs> uh, and Soderbergh produced that movie. Soderbergh and Clooney produced that movie. So they go way back. And as I recall, Paul, um, on the when Gary Ross, uh, the direct, director of this movie, made the Hunger Games, the first Hunger Games movie, St- Soderbergh was uh, shot a lot of his second unit stuff. Like he was he was there shooting some of the kind of anonymous action scenes or whatever. Wow. Uh, when, yeah, yeah, just is kind that, of. For, that sounds uncommon to me. It is. It's very oh. uncommon to have an A list Academy Award winning best director director directing second unit for somebody on a like a franchise like that. Like that's it's it's very unusual. But as I understood, it was he thought it would be fun and he would. I was going to say, doesn't cheap. that sort of not only speak to their relationship, but just um, speak to Soderbergh's love of the process. Yeah, exactly. So that's so well said. Uh, so, yeah, so Gary Ross, as I, I haven't read a lot about how intimately involved they were together on, in the making of this movie, but they do have a, a history that goes way back. Um, the other bit is kind of a, doesn't have to do with production, but just a, something to sort of note for people is that this movie had the best opening weekend money-wise, of the entire franchise, which is impressive, I think, and um, is uh, we, we can talk about whether or not the movie itself warrants that um, in our in our opinion. But I think it is cool. You know, there's there are always still people who in the sort of uh, media press who f- it feels like they're kind of waiting for one of these all female cast big movies to flop so mm-hmm. that they can like, you know blow raspberries at it or something. And uh, so it felt very good. Uh, I was very pleased to see that that did not happen to this movie. Agreed. Aislinn, would you take us through some of the uh, the ladies in charge, the women in major roles involved in the making of Ocean's 8? Would love to. 
Will we be dinging in between each name? I think we shouldn't because there are just so many. <laughs> Don't, okay. but, but I'm open to it. If that feels like unfair to you, I'm happy to I'm happy to repeat the ding. No, that I think that I I just wanted to make sure. Well, so we'll ding each category then. Great. But after I say the name. That's right. Okay. Co-writer, Olivia Milch. Leading roles, please hold your dings. <laughs> now you can take a breath. <laughs> Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett, Anne Hathaway, Mindy Kaling, Sarah Paulson, Aquafina, Rihanna, and Helena Bonham Carter. Producers, Diana Alvarez, Susan Eakins, and Olivia Milch. Editor, Juliet Welfing. And casting director, Deborah Zane. I will say uh, a little bit independently of this film, I watched Olivia Milch's other thing that just came out recently, which is a Netflix movie called Dudes. Oh, yeah. How was it? I liked a lot of things about it. Uh huh. Uh huh. I did not like the use and treatment of uh, uh, sexual assault in it. Ah, okay. Okay. Cool. So that disappointed me, but um, Aquafina was great. Cool. Okay, Tobin, give us a, a plot by Tobin, please. Okay. Give us the rundown. Here's the rundown. Fresh from prison, Debbie Ocean, played by Sandra Bullock, sets about recruiting a crack and wacky team of female criminals to pull off the greatest heist in history, stealing a nearly priceless diamond necklace at New York's star-studded Met Gala and simultaneously getting revenge on the lout that put her in jail in the first place. I looked through a lot of other synopses to sort mm -hmm. of... And almost all of them start with Danny Ocean's sister, Debbie Ocean, like which I, and I understand that that's because that is the peg that connects this movie to the, the franchise is that Sandra Bullock plays um, uh, George Clooney's sister. But the, the, the fact that this movie about these that these eight women start all every synopsis started with this man from who's who is you know apparently dead in the movie and and you know has nothing to do with the plot of the movie felt a little uh, a little unfair to me i agree as a little sister i can relate <laughs> <laughs> speaking of dead yes i have not seen oceans 13 is george clooney's death a plot point in no, that no 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 okay. no 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 and nope. my my good friend our good friend very soon. Chelsea asked a numerous times throughout the film <laughs> to me, do you think George Clooney's really dead? <laughs> and I felt that they left it open enough that he could, you know, soap opera style come back. I don't know how you feel about that, but it was certainly something on my mind because I was being asked it multiple times. <laughs> yes, I, I think you're right. It felt to me like they were playing it as kind of a joke through the movie until the last shot where it to jump all the way to the end of the movie, where it feels like there is some more kind of emotional resonance in terms of mm -hmm. his him not being there than there was in the right. previous shots of the movie. He's previous, gone regardless. Yeah. Yeah. He's gone. But I, I, I would not be surprised if this movie continues to do well and comes back again, that you would see that he might return in a future uh, future installment. I, I don't think he's. They, they certainly have not written him out of the series. 
Another question, because you are a dedicated <laughs> fan of the franchise. I am. The opening of, of 11 and of 8 are parallel. Yes. Right? And, and right. I feel that is intentional, not copycat. I mean, I, that yeah. was That's a homage, setting up yeah. a parallel sort of universe. Um, right. How did that work for you to start us off? I thought it was great because 12 and 13 did not do that. So it's not like it's a thing that happens every time in the franchise. And I thought that it was, you know, it's a nice, I found it kind of a nice nod. It's, it's a, it felt like a comfortable moment for those of us who like the franchise. How did it work for you having sort of, you know, not liked, how do I say that? I don't mean that you didn't I like franchise. I have a comfortable circle. Yeah. Um, with the, with the entire story. I just know the same, the piece that is familiar. I liked it because it immediately reminded me of uh, just like just as the the opening scenes are parallel. I find the ease and charm inherent in Sandra Bullock and George Clooney also to be very similar in parallel. Mm, yeah, and so the, it absolutely reminded me of that she's not. Of course, she's not doing an impression of of George <laughs> no. Clooney. But there is something of, okay, they are related. Yeah. As I feel kind of in life, they are, they have a similar, like I say, ease and charm. And so that, um, that did nestle me in and, and just nestled me in for fun. I, I was not, I didn't go into this movie expecting to have a paradigm shift of, <laughs> of anything significant other than that it was, uh, I was interested in how they were going to address gender because- sure. In Ocean's Eleven, it, it was never discussed. There mm -hmm. were no women on the table to be any of the parts. It was just the Eleven meant men. And I think that's just very true in the invisibility of, um, you know, the ideal worker, the, like the idealized worker right, is male. Right. The idealized citizen is male. So the idea, the idealized criminal is yeah. male. And it just wasn't on the table. The only woman was was the prize was the jewel was the the julie roberts of it all and, right. and i don't know what happens further on in the story i know there are more women involved um at least a little bit but so um it this the opening set me up to um just be delighted by what they were going to do and how they were going to ad address things differently from this um other perspective yeah, definitely. And you, it was fun to see the opening cons, Sandra's cons, like part of the fun of these movies to see how they pull this stuff off. And as she comes out of prison and goes through uh, department stores in New York and and has these, you know, we don't give them all away, but these little these little cons to be able to get all this, you know, new clothes and get into a, you know, a fancy hotel and kind of set herself up again just immediately with that that effortlessness, as you say, that they both share. I I really enjoyed the way it sort of the the they they took us through all that. Mm -hmm. I was immediately after that though I began to have notes about the filmmaking itself that there was a kind of a you know as good as the performances were it didn't have the same kind of fizz that the original oceans movies especially the first two do that there's something that soderbergh i think can can do that i'm not sure that gary ross was tapped into in the same way here and we could talk more about it as it goes along but i did enjoy kind of the i guess i enjoyed the, what was happening more than maybe how we were being shown it 
Hmm. It's funny that you said fizz because as you were speaking, I was thinking it didn't pop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think part of that is Vegas as... Oh, sure. I mean, I'm not going to be so trite as to say it was a character in and of itself. Yeah, because I really don't like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm not saying that. (laughs) But it it was atmospheric. Totally. Yeah. And while I love a rundown bank vault hotel, whatever they're in, it was very dark, just ambient lighting wise. Mm -hmm. And so it didn't have that same, I don't know. It, well, yeah, I think, um, and you know Soderbergh so much better than I do. So maybe it was missing the that pop and or fizz. <laughs> but you know what did pop immediately? Tell me, tell me. Kate Blanchett. Oh, yes. I mean, I, and I love an accessory. And to <laughs> see someone who can drape accessories. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I loved it. I also, and I was remarking earlier, someone asked me about the movie today. I don't, and I have not seen um, Kate Blanchett's full catalog in a way that I think I'm confident you have or <laughs> more of it. Yeah. Yeah. You probably have. You, she's, um, she's your type, if you will. I don't see her glammed up in a contemporary uh-huh. character. I've seen her glammed up more period piece. Sure. I've seen her, you know, less, less glammed, less glammy. Yep, yep. But this was, this was contemporary Blanchette glam. And I was there for it. I kept in each scene. I wanted her to be there um, because I wanted to see what her character had put together that day. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I don't notice clothes on people much, uh, to, to the to probably to my detriment. But she looks she the, what she as you say throws together. I, my next note was Kate is awesome. Like after mm-hmm. there's not a lot of fizz, then she shows up and provides some fizz just because you know she's Kate fucking Blanchett. You know, and, and she's if, if we're you know I don't know how parallel we need to go to the other movies, but she is kind of the the Rusty, uh, the the Brad Pitt type character, the sort of second in command, the lieutenant, you know, this the mm-hmm. and um, th- they have a again in the same way that it feels like Sandra Bullock is could be related to George Clooney. There's a they share a similar um, ability to kind of like they enjoy each other's company, they give each other shit, uh, they're they hold each other to account, but they've always got each other's back. And I think that that's uh, that's all always fun to see especially in this kind of a in this kind of a you know this kind of a context in this kind of a movie and it's the, all, their scenes together were uh, were some of my favorites in the movie that they I liked their rapport and I, I kind of wanted to be friends with them you know absolutely and I I wanted to better understand that relationship I interpreted it as a romantic at least at some point oh interesting and that I, I felt a, a fluidity Interesting. with um, Debbie's sexuality uh-huh, uh-huh. in it. And and so that, to me, changed it, or maybe it doesn't, from the George Brad dynamic. <laughs> we don't, that's not something that is explored there. Um, and it wasn't explored here. I feel like it was hinted at. And so if it's something that an audience member wanted out of it... Uh-huh. That's where you could take it, but it sounds like that's not your interpretation. Of it, it. it didn't occur to me, but now that you say it, as I run it back through my head, that's, I, I, there is a there's an there's an easy intimacy that they share, and wh- however that 
however that the history works out, you know, we see a couple of at least one uh, series of flashbacks that are at more end up being more about um, the the Debbie's previous history with the guy, with the dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he, that we, we see that we see her and Kate Blanchett together in that flashback prior to her going off with this guy, like they're running cons at a, like a, um, what do you call it? No, not a, a bowling bingo hall. A bingo hall. Yeah. They're running some kind of bingo con, uh, pulling in a thousand bucks a day or whatever. And there, so we see there, we see them together there, but that's the only sort of history that we see. And then that's then Lou, the K Bancha character is kind of gone from them from the flashback at that point. Mm-hmm. There's some comment about we're partners. We're not partners toward the beginning, which oh, yeah. was a clue for me. And then um, she says, Lou and I were having a rough patch, which could also be a rough patch in their, right, in their con- relationship as con artists, yeah, yeah. which led her to Claude. And then I, because I was already on that track, then I interpreted the way she was coy and said, you know, um, he made a great breakfast, which uh-huh. to me alluded to them having a sexual relationship but instead of her just saying uh-huh, uh-huh. he was this guy that I fooled around with or whatever, I don't know. I felt that the way that she presented that yeah. um, was in a sense to not be overt. I don't know. I oh, felt, I felt I like a fluidity yeah, with the yeah. relationship. No, and, I like that. I like and we'll that. see. I am, I supposed to know Claude in real life? No, Claude is a new character in the movie. Sorry. Am I supposed to recognize that actor? No, Richard Armitage. No, unless okay. you watch the uh, Hobbit prequels, uh, you know there, he's been in other stuff. He's not an unknown actor. Right, he's not new. But I wondered, were they picking someone who was handsome and good, but not a name, in order to make him uh, replaceable? This is so funny. There's a woman who I, th- I believe writes for Entertainment Weekly, who who on Twitter, um, and she's very funny. She's very good on Twitter. Dana Schwartz is her name, and she made a she wrote a tweet to the effect of um, the my my biggest the only thing I didn't really didn't care for in Ocean's Eight was that they got this you know like no name unknown actor to play like they couldn't get an A lister to play um, Claude and. Richard Armitage, the actor, wrote back to her and said, actually, they had an A-lister in like the, who had dropped out right before. So they had to fill fill me. You know, so I was a last minute fill in. Uh, oh, wow. In a very good natured way, you know, and, a, and a, right. they, they, you know, uh, it was not an, no animosity because she got a lot of tweets from people who were like, hey, Richard Armitage, because he, as I say, he's a, you know, especially in, in sort of British TV and film is a well-known established actor. Uh, he's just not, he's just not a big name, right? So apparently they did have someone. I don't know who that was. I'm not sure who it was supposed to be. Um, but it is a. It, it's funny you say that because that has been part of the conversation about the movie. I just liked him being random handsome mm-hmm. man in the same way you know Anne Hathaway was random a list. Yeah. What have you? I agree. I think him being more anonymous works for the movie. I, I think it. I, yes, that's you know, what I was trying to say. Sure, it would have been fun if you know I don't know Leonardo DiCaprio was the you know whatever. But this is there's something because of the the what the movie is about the, in a, in a sort of metatextual way of of claiming this franchise for these women. The fact that the guy isn't the, some big star, I think is I think is smart. I agree. But plucking us out back out of the meta. 
Yeah. Did the revenge aspect work for you? No. I mean, or it's, how did it work for you or not? Yeah. This is well, <laughs> honest to God. It is like you read my notes. Um, the I my, I felt so in that in that initial movie in the Ocean's Eleven, it turns out that George Clooney's whole plan is actually about getting Tess back. Right. That he's he's mm-hmm. um, she divorced him like uh, is it like the night or while he was in prison, I guess. Uh, and and so his whole thing is is. That that's what it's kind of all about is like reuniting, right? He wants to reunite with her. And there's something, however we feel about her being a prize in that movie and that not being necessarily a, a good thing, mm-hmm. there is something emotionally, like their scenes together are so good in that first movie. You're a thief and a liar. I only lied about being a thief. I don't do that anymore. Steal. Lie. I'm with someone now who doesn't have to make that kind of distinction. No, he's very clear on both. You know what your problem is? I only have one. You've met too many people like you. I'm with Terry now. Does he make you laugh? He doesn't make me cry. They're so electric and there's this besides this real, real emotional charge that I think is missing a little bit by the idea of it being revenge that I, I'm not I am less emotionally invested in them pulling off this heist than I was than I than I think I would be if it was a different um, if there was a different underlying emotional reason to do it. That may not be fair. I don't know that that's that that's fair. And I, but I, and I don't think that it needed to be like she needed to do this to get a guy. Like it didn't have to be about a man. It could have been about, uh, you know, a, a sibling or a parent or, a, you know, I don't know. It could be all, other kinds of emotional investments in it. And I don't the, the, look, the event. The revenge is fine, but I don't think that it was able to do what the uh, previous that what the you know, Ocean's Eleven was able to do with its sort of emotional stakes. What about you? What, what did you think about it? I I agree. And I, I like the way that you um, explain it, like the emotional stakes just weren't there. Um, I understood someone had to take the fall uh-huh. or, you know, they had to have a plan for someone um, to be there. I don't know if I you can. can hear someone just poured yeah. me some. I'm That's so right. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies. So, yeah, I, I um, agree. I thank you for the phrasing, the emotional stakes, um, absolutely are, are different and I, and, and are not, um, don't rise kind of to the same occasion. The, someone has to take the fall mm-hmm. we need. And I'm glad that they hadn't planned the whole time to put it on poor, um, you know, unsuspecting actress. Yes. Yes. Shoulder. So, right. so, I'm glad that it's sort of like, what's a, who is a convenient douchebag uh-huh. <laughs> to drop this on? Right. You know, who's on my shit list? And it could have, it, it seemed um, interchangeable a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that for me was a weakness in this one, but it did not detract from the fun of right. assembling the team of misfits. Right. Right. No, exactly. And uh, 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 did you have a favorite of the team? I mean, oh, goodness. That's okay. Like, that's a like fun besides, game. besides the two lead, right? Besides, I'm you know, Debbie and Lou. I'm looking. I want to say it's hard because I have 
like, like I've already disclosed, there are so yeah. many people involved that I do love, but um, based on what they gave us in the, mm-hmm. in the film, mm-hmm. I think, I think it's Sarah Paulson. Oh, good one. Yeah. I think it's the fence. And I, I read, I'm not in charge of the two bit segment, but um, I read somewhere that it was um, originally Elizabeth Banks. Oh, was sure. Asked, I don't know if ever actually slotted, but was, was, um, approached for that role but you know timing falls apart and i think she would have been great in a different way Mm -hmm. but i i think i often find myself uh feeling some a kinship with sarah paulson's energy in some way that she's a little bit not uh, the characters i mean she often plays uh or or just the way that that her essence mingles with the character is there's a little bit of uptight there's a little bit of um managing a situation yeah and and so I, I think I felt a kinship there and I just sort of loved she found a way to continue to live her dream, <laughs> whatever it was. Um, and she was there, I mean, on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. For the whole thing. I mean, right. it really did hinge on her in a, in a number of ways she had to be able to act. Yeah. Um, you know, to put on a show, to a facade, but you also had to be able to act in any given moment. Right, right. And so, um, so I, I, and I do currently forget the name of her character, but, um, but Sarah Paulson character. Tammy. Tammy, I think turns out to be my favorite, which is, which is hard yeah. because a lot of them are great. What about you, Tom? That's so good. Cause I, I'm, I am, ve- I was very invested in her character. I, and I enjoyed, I mean, as you say, she's, she does have a similar kind of like hyper competence mixed with a uh, harriedness that reminds me of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like she, you know, I'll she, take it. she can get shit done, even though she's spinning like 18 million plates at once. Like that, that does seem like, like you, I can see a kinship there. My favorite though <laughs> was I haven't, my next note is HBC is my MVP <laughs> because yes. Helena bottom Carter is so freaking good in this movie. And I think, yeah, and, and I think if you asked me who acted their part the best, uh-huh, uh-huh. I would have said Helena Bonham Carter. <laughs> part of it is that she's playing kind of against her usual or not her usual, maybe, but like there's a there's always kind of a scattered quality. She does scattered really well um, mm-hmm. and, and, and even sort of sort of scattered like genius, you know, like that's that's in her wheelhouse. But since especially since the Harry Potter movies, it's always been so dark, like there's a lot of dark dark scatteredness, which is one of the fun things of seeing her in the Kenneth Branagh directed um, Cinderella, where she plays the uh, the fairy godmother and is scattered in a non-dark way. And there's an element to that that she's got going on here. But then on top of that, she's playing Irish <laughs> and and she has to she is like the least well-suited person to do what she's asked to do. And so, except for like the designing of the stuff, like having to, <laughs> she, she, she is starstruck by Anne Hathaway when she's not supposed to be, you know, like she's supposed to, right. or so, excuse me, Daphne Kluger, uh, the Anne Thank Hathaway you. character. Um, so anyway, I, I loved every, every, just every minute she was on camera. I, I couldn't, I could not get enough of Helen of Bob Carter in this movie. I agree. I think the the character is so interesting because she's not, I mean, by name or by category, she's a criminal, but she is not cultivating. She and Mindy Kaling, neither of them are cultivating a sort of criminal. Right. 
although there is there is mention they know Mindy Kaling because of some some backdoor dealings, yeah. but but so she comes in. I mean, unawares in almost like Daphne, really, but just early, you know, becomes aware of what's going on earlier on and has to navigate, um, like you say, doing her job. But, um, you know, suddenly part of this whole adventure. And I I mean, she's always to me, I love her so much. And and she's I mean, this is a different conversation, a different podcast, but I find her to be the most terrifying villain in Harry Potter. Yes, I agree. I agree. There's a sinister nature to that character mm-hmm. that she plays so well. Mm-hmm. It's just frightening to me. And you're right. This is much lighter, but it is still like wicked Irish Betsy Johnson. <laughs> is that how I would? Uh-huh. And so she's in a way she's playing herself light. And I don't mean lighter light to darkness, but just it's a it's less HBC than I'm yes, used to. Yes, yes, yes. I agree. I agree. Because she's not, it's not her cleavage that we are focused on. Yeah. It's Daphne Kruger's. Right, right, right. And so I, I did, I, I did appreciate their kind of scenes together. Like you say, she's not supposed to be starstruck and Mindy Kaling has the same kind of thing. Uh-huh. You know, she says, can we just, can we just go to the Met Ball? <laughs> do we have to? <laughs> We have to do that. So, I mean, they're all, I mean, we could just, this just should have been the podcast where we talked about each of the, the actors and the characters yeah. on this list because they're all great. I, I wanted more Mindy Kaling. Yes. Yes. And I wanted more Rihanna. Mm-hmm. What I want is the Netflix limited series uh-huh. where Orange is the New Black style. <laughs> yes. Each episode focuses on a different one of our eight. I love this idea. That's what I would I love this idea. That's what I would love. Thank you. Netflix execs who listen to our podcast. Please get on this. Give us a call. I will respond to you on Twitter. Netflix execs. <laughs> I wonder if there are deleted scenes. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are deleted scenes. Well, yes. Matt Damon. Deleted right. Scenes. Right. I'm, so I'm curious to see in those what more we get from, you know, it's it's always hard to balance a cast this big and you know, we, we have expectations or, or certain people have expectations of this franchise by the time we get to this one. I don't think people really did in the first one. And they weren't all a, a sort of I think I think by and large, the women in this movie are more famous than the men were at the time in the Ocean's Eleven movie. People can correct me on that if they want to. But Casey Affleck was not Casey Affleck, you know, um, right. uh, maybe I shouldn't have started with him. Who's who's the guy? Uh, Scott, Scott Kahn, who's the mm-hmm. one like there were there was a just sort of different kind of different levels of stardom. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know that I like that. You know, there was the kind of, well, but, I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. That I think there there is a a mixing of worlds in the cast. So oh, yes. Rihanna is yes. a award winning musician. That's what she is known for. She has acted before Battleship. Yep. Peter Berg. Right? Yep. No, Battlefield. No, Battleship. What? Battleship. Pete Berg. Okay. Yep. Um, Pete Berg. Uh, you know, Aquafina uh, doing the new media rap uh, interview, you know, new media starlet, if you will. Mindy Kaling, who's very also very much um, part, has been winking at celebrity yes. obsession right. her whole career. So it's a very, it's I think it's much more varied in yeah. in what we know about the actors and where the actors are coming from uh, than Ocean's Eleven. That's a great. That's a great 
way to say that. Uh, I, we, again, we, we, and we don't have to go through everybody, but I think we should mention Anne Hathaway here uh, because what do you think of Anne Hathaway in this movie? I was going to say, let's talk about Anne Hathaway. Uh, Tobin, you know me and, and you know <laughs> that I have a hard time taking the Anne Hathaway out of the character. Uh-huh. Yep. For me, whenever I see her, there's Anne Hathaway. Uh-huh. And it doesn't bring me to a theater. Um, I'll leave it there. <laughs> Which is why when it first started, I thought, well, this is perfect. This is um, Bill Paxton, may he rest in peace, in Big Love. Uh-huh, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. I, I tend to be irritated when I see Bill Paxton. He's playing this polygamist, so it's okay that I'm irritated with right, him. Right, right. So that that worked for me. It became clear to me at some point that she was going to have to make a turn uh-huh. and be part of it. Uh huh. And I was hoping for more in that turn oh, it's than I interesting. got. Interesting. Interesting. What What are your thoughts? Um, I don't feel as strongly. I think uh, about Anne Hathaway as you do. Although I completely see what you what you are talking about. I have. Because I have similar feelings, um, but I but I really liked her in this movie. I thought that she was my favorite. I think my favorite Anne Hathaway performance is probably Devil Wears Prada, or maybe the Rachel's Getting Married, uh, Jonathan Demi movie from a, a few years later. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she's. I, I think she's. Uh, um, I don't know how to say it. Working with the right director, I think, makes a big difference in Anne Hathaway performances for me. Um, And she's a little unleashed here, but I think it works for the movie. I think that she understands what the caricature of a starlet is and is able to sort of like lean into it. And her, those, those little, you know, theatrical, um, uh, the gestures, the over the topness, the micro expression thing, like she is able to, um, it, 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 any of it that maybe doesn't work as a performance works in this role because of who this character is. And by the end of the movie, I'm just believing her. I, I've sort of, I did, I did lose my, oh, I'm looking at Anne Hathaway goggles by the end of this movie. And she made me laugh. I thought she was really funny in a lot of this movie. And I think that this is, I think this plays to her strengths in a lot of ways. It does not mean that I'm going to rush out to every Anne Hathaway movie that comes out, but, uh, but I did, I do think it, it fit here. I agree. Um, she played vapid movie star. Well, and she, she's a, a lovely human so that they needed a high profile, beautiful person yeah. to, to pull this off. Um, works i guess yeah and i don't i i can't express exactly what i wanted more of her i knew that and this is going to bring us back to more the end um i knew that there would be moments that i didn't see until they were revealed to me based on this kind of movie you know a heist even just an oceans movie i knew that there would be some of that and so i don't know was i hoping that they knew each other previously. Was I hoping, I don't know. I think I was hoping for more than just, she figured it out. Oh, you're yeah. so, you're so obvious yeah. <laughs> that I had to become involved Yeah, and I need friends. I mean, I, that was, that was kind of where she lost me then a little bit. Cause I felt like anytime I felt like, Oh, it's Anne Hathaway making commentary. Uh-huh. So I didn't, I didn't ever lose the Anne Hathaway of it all. I, it worked for me when she was a rube. Uh huh. Uh huh. 
in the whole thing and then um, less so in in the turn. And then I don't I then they they end up needing her. Then she seduces the guy mm-hmm. in order to implicate him directly and I don't know how I feel about that. You know, it was unclear to me whether they and, and not that it makes a lot of difference in how we need to feel about her or these moments or what the movie's doing, but they make it I they they elide whether or not she sleeps with him in that moment. Like she has him all chained up to the bed and then slips mm-hmm. away to stash the diamond, take a picture of it in her you know, and then mm-hmm. she, and then she and then next thing we know, he's waking up, no longer handcuffed to the bed the next morning, and it's like cops are showing up or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. and I felt uncomfortable. In a, yeah, you know? I felt uncomfortable with that. And then it was um, pointed out to me by my um, uh, companion at the theater that um, you know the the house of cards all falls down um, because. A man lusting after a woman. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, his his pants are off, so now we can do whatever we want to the rest of his life, uh-huh. and that that you know it all comes down to to that, and and so that again, I, I'm not blaming Anne Hathaway for that. It just that's that part. So yeah, whether whether or not she had sex with him, eh, but that he was that as a con man, he broke whatever rules of not you know, leaving someone alone in your apartment or uh-huh. you know, whatever kind yeah. of code, right? That like her um, feminine wiles could distract him enough for him to come crashing yeah. down was less than what I yeah, wanted. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's it. just, it's like the, it felt like a first or second idea, not like a fifth idea, you know? Like it, it, mm-hmm. it didn't, it just didn't feel like it had quite... I don't know, marinated enough in someone's brain to sort of figure out a way to make that work. Now, if Helena Bonham Carter had seduced him. <laughs> okay. oh, he, Although I would love to He could not have that. handled her. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, I was going to say, we're going to have to talk about gratuitous vomiting. Oh, yeah. I, I did think about you as that as that happened. <laughs> that felt like the big, the worst thing to happen to anybody in this movie, like making this woman so sick. No, <laughs> I thought you meant Iceland having to watch it. Well, but, I did, but um, I did that. But, you know, I always you, you're you have a. Yeah. I don't know if you want to go into that. <laughs> oh, just no, I have an extreme sensitivity. I mean, no one likes to throw up, but. I think I take it to another echelon Indeed. of avoidance, if you will. So, of course, I haven't eaten since I watched the movie. <laughs> yeah. and, and you don't eat, eat soup anyway, right? Is that? <laughs> oh, my God. No, I don't trust soup. No. Thank you. Um, what were you going to say we needed to talk about? James Corden. Uh, I can always talk about James Corden. <laughs> okay, let's talk about James Corden. Okay. John Frazier. Is his name? Yeah, it's the character's name. Uh, for me, it's a little stunt casty. Uh-huh. I I understand that James Corden was famous across the pond and um, award winning across the pond, and then um, he came here and brought us the British style chat show, uh-huh. which I had been watching the actual ones on YouTube. Right. But that's cool. <laughs> um, so I do enjoy him. I do enjoy him as a late night person, but I I, I have seen him act before um so yeah i felt a little stunty to me 
I approve. I don't know yet how I feel about him knowing. Did he know that the other guy had been framed or did he believe the other guy had done something? Yeah, I it's, I I th- I took it as he. So he and Debbie sit down and she, when she shows him the the she shows him something of picture. Did you show him the picture of the jewel? She texts him the picture later. Oh, right. But she sort of offers him I can because he's the insurance person. Yeah. He needs the case to close. I, I think she makes it clear that mm-hmm. that. She that it was well. I guess I don't know because they recover end up recovering most of the necklace. I I can't tell. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So it was muddy. In conclusion. Yeah. That was muddy. Yeah. 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 What do you think of James Corden? So one of the uh, criticisms of the movie has been that it uh, doesn't feel like they could get caught. Like it doesn't. There doesn't feel like a mm-hmm. lot of suspense. And. I, and part of me is like, well, but, you know, these are Oceans movies. Like, we know they're going to get away. So right. um, I, part of me is like, is it, are we just poking fun at this or sort of poking at this one because it's this one? Um, but I think there's something to that. You know, the thinking about those first three movies, the overriding theme is fun. Like, they they looked like they were fun to make. By all accounts, they were fun to make. You can see it feels like they're giving you a taste of the good time they had making the movie. And you don't mm-hmm. want to lose that fun in the making of the movie. I think in this case, they overcorrected a little bit by having him be the, um, the, the, the insurance investigator. It feels like if they because, – because in those early movies, Andy Garcia feels like a real threat. Like this is a guy who will like – you know, who could have you killed, <laughs> you know? And so even though we know they're going to get away with it or we're you know pretty sure they are by the second, third movie, we know they are. And we're just we're going to watch how they do it. There is a threat hanging over them. All I think you needed to do was cast someone with a little more natural menace in this role, who then the lightness of Debbie Ocean would play off against. But she also then would have a chance to be kind of serious with somebody. As it is, it's James Corden. So like, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like a threat. It feels like if, you know, if they're, they're going to end up in a car singing karaoke together right like it doesn't feel like he's like he's dangerous and i do wish i i think i remember put it this way it would have been interesting to me to see another actor a more sort of menacing actor in this role just to kind of see what that would do to it that's an interesting point i hadn't um considered that but i think that's a good idea now i'm thinking in my mind who it could be do you have an idea i don't because i'm not so good at, at that as you are but uh so that's hard. I, I don't really. <laughs> I don't really. I wonder if even just like a William H. Macy who can be very comedic. Yeah. But, but com- is also clearly a formidable opponent. Yeah. 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 Sort of, sort of the mammoth Macy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Given mm-hmm. his history. Or even a um, or even a Bradley Whitford. Yeah, sure. Or is that still no? I guess you know, you know the person that come, came to my mind. Who and this wouldn't fit the. I mean, I think he's. You would want someone younger, I think, but like Ben Kingsley, like somebody who mm. you think could like you know shiv you in the alley to get what he needed. You know, like right. Um, and that's not right either. Or is but. there someone from the original franchise? Well, to bring back in, or not really? Yeah. Um, 
you know, the only person who was kind of an inv- who was investigating them was the uh, Catherine Zeta Jones in the second movie is investigating them. And she is tough. She is tough as nails. But then by the end of the movie, there's there are various turns that happen and, you know, it no longer works. But someone like that. But in but mm-hmm. prior to her turn, I think something. Yeah, I don't know. Something like that, I think, would have been. Or, or yeah, I, and I guess he does have a past with Debbie, but at that and, and he was involved in putting her away the first time, as I understood the subtext of their scenes. Is that right? No, because it was a different kind of scam. It was art? I don't know. I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Look, this movie is a little sleepy, right? Like this is something we and I were talking before we started recording. Like it's it's fun. I enjoy it. It's delightful. It's a delightful little movie. Like our mom loves this movie. <laughs> you know, there there's and rightly so. I think there's uh, this is a movie to put on to watch on a plane, uh, to put on, you know, when it's late at night and you're just kind of tired, need something to sort of like, <laughs> you know, chuckle at. Like I'm gonna, I, I will, I will probably watch this movie again. Um, but it's a little sleepy and it doesn't quite hang together yeah. and like, you know, that's okay, but it, it feels like it, some missed opportunities. Yes. I will absolutely watch it again. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think where, where the men are involved, maybe they, and maybe it's just, they pale in comparison to our amazing female leads, <laughs> but in both the, the Claude Becker and the, insurance investigator it didn't you know those those stakes weren't there that menace wasn't there and so um yeah i wondered a couple times like wait are they almost caught now wait are they almost are they (laughs) yeah because there's a part you know a, a significant kind of component of the way they get away has to do with george clooney uh danny ocean's uh getting sort of caught in the hotel and then um you know, physical violence is not real. We find out, but you know, he's getting beat up by right. the security guard. And that when the first time you watch it is like, Oh shit, what, Yeah, what are we going to do now? And I never had a, what are we going to yeah, do now? Yeah, right. Moment. Right. There's a little bit of shutting everything down to look for the, the necklace, but I know that they've made a new necklace, yeah. you know, or a fake yeah, one. Yeah. So, so at that point, I was like, this is what they wanted to happen. Yeah. So I, I never had that 100% oh shit moment. We, you know, we have Debbie Ocean looking at cameras throughout, you know, they have pictures of her there. She wasn't trying to pretend she wasn't there. Right. So I, I, I agree um, wholeheartedly on the stakes the whole time. That being said, it was super fun. Yeah. Um. The a part that I get had to happen because it was the Met Ball, and I and we're then <laughs> coming back to our sort of meta yeah. kind of stuff. I just it, some of the uh, cameos. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. I found sort of tiresome. <laughs> like which ones? How many Jenners do we need to see? How many times? <laughs> how many times does Kim Kardashian West have to cross? camera so that we know that it's her enough um i you know zach posen sitting there that's fun to me with katie holmes because they have relationship i get that it's the met ball but there was a little bit of it that was just kind of all right you know i don't know and and katie holmes was recently in a soderbergh movie so they they have a history a prior history there too i thought you were gonna i thought you were gonna talk about the anna winter 
cameo. Oh yeah, that as well. I didn't need. I didn't need that, <laughs> but because then that's a weird sort of back to Anne Hathaway. Well, that's my question. Like <laughs> in this world, in the world of Ocean's Eight, was there a movie <laughs> called Devil Wears Prada? And if there was, was uh, was Anne Hathaway in it? And if Anne Hathaway is alive in this world, then who is Daphne Kluger? Like, I, I, you know what I mean? Like, it starts to bend in on itself a little bit there. It's kind of inceptiony all of a sudden then. <laughs> but um, much, much better. Well, I mean, speaking of things, clothing that's impressive to look at. Yeah, true. Yeah. Great clothes. Right. That was, Great that was a beautiful, yeah. beautifully, um, yeah, blue, beautifully suited movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so they all get away. They do. Um, and the the sort of the surprise, the part that I anticipated us not seeing something, what we didn't see was um, one of the, the characters from the original Ocean's Eleven, the acrobat, yep. has been has been snuck in, and they steal all the art that's on or all the jewels that are on display. Right. And that is a surprise to the rest of the team and the audience. Right. Right. And, and again, I expect for there to be things that I didn't see um, in a movie like this. Although I think there's a there's a line to walk where if there's too much, then it's like, well, why was I even yes, yes. here if I can't figure it out? Right. But there are reveals that are, you know, further delightful. So how did this land for you? Was there too much behind the curtain? Was there not enough? Uh, probably too much behind the curtain, but you know, like, uh, like I say, it's by this point in the movie, I understand it's not going to give me the kinds of things I want. Or let me let me rephrase that: it's not going to go as deep as I want in in those moments. And so, you know, it worked fine. I mean, I um, it it was odd to me. I was trying to figure out who on the team would have to know because didn't Mindy Kaling make replicas of all those? Didn't they put replicas back of those? Yes, so, she so knew. So she was in a like. So then you begin to think, okay, who? When was she doing this? And how was this all like? And, and th- these movies will often fall apart if you look that closely at them, right? Like they're they're kind of a uh, maybe you've already said a House of Cards. That, you know, if you mm-hmm. pull one out, the whole thing topples. And like, so you don't want to. I don't want to nitpick this thing. You know, to 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 the within an, not we don't say nitpick. I don't want to pick this movie apart within an inch of its life. I just, um, but so yes, it worked fine. It worked fine for me. Yeah. Fine. (laughs) Fine. Fine. I didn't love it. I did not love it, but it was fine. Yeah. Again, I want to watch it again. I want to see the assemblage of a team. I want to um, see all of Kate Blanchett's outfits and and not just that i mean her whole persona yeah the way i think she acts it very well as well um but she is yeah they're just all it's a treat for the eyes yeah, yeah. It, it it is a fun look this is a fun movie this is a meant to be a romp and it is it's it's not as dialed in as i would like to like it to be but it's but it is fun there's something i like and but then it also annoys me at the What's end that? tell me i do love because you know how i like to continue to think about what happens next yeah so I like that we get a little into the future, kind of what everyone is doing mm-hmm. as they move forward. You know, Mindy Kaling's character, who was, um, you know, living with her parents, is now in, in Paris. Sarah Paulson has an entire warehouse <laughs> instead of her garage. Yes. You know, everyone's sort of up to their game, if you will. Um, so I enjoyed that. I didn't like the Anne Hathaway bit. Yeah, yeah. But, like, oh, it's so easy. Like, well, now you're just... 
sort of undercutting your own. Yeah. Like, and I don't, and I'm not saying that's Anne Hathaway's fault. I think it's the fault of the character and the, so, and the glasses. I mean, it was just, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's all a step away from cliche, but it, it could have been a further step yeah. away. Yeah. In my humble opinion. I do love that they all got to step back one. I do love that they all got to get dressed up for the Met Ball. Yes, that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then you and, have and, to put Rihanna in. Yeah. And wear, and wear the jewels out of the, like, mm-hmm. I think that was, that was great. I thought that was great. There was a, um, uh, I, uh, another thing I liked, I liked the, that they used the anonymous, it was like anonymous bellboy to like smuggle the necklace out of the blind spot of the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, that kind of stuff was kind of inventive. Um, and I love, I love my favorite ending was Kate Blanchett. So she puts on a motorcycle helmet and rides down whatever coastal highway she's on. And, um, you know, you, and you do, you part one of the, you go to this, mo- this movie to see these people succeed and to see them mm-hmm. take away from the rich and can keep for themselves. Like it's like half a Robin hood. Um, and when you find out at the end that they have gotten more money than they like more than twice as much money as they, you know, they're all hoping to get 16 and a half million dollars from this original necklace. And then they pull the thing, which has happened in um, kind of in another Soderbergh movie and Logan Lucky, uh, another heist movie that, where they end up basically giving that necklace back. Like they, you know, they, mm-hmm. so the crime feels like the crime is solved when actually they've made off with all this other loot. And the fact that they all get more money, like that is a very satisfying moment. They're all going to get 30, whatever million dollars now. Um, I Did this movie leave you excited to see a sequel? It, it left me intrigued to see a sequel for sure. And that kind of leads into a, a potential game for oh, us. Oh, great. Let's play a game then. Although, real quick, I loved Logan Lucky also. Oh, Just good. want to put that I'm out glad. there. Yeah. 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 I enjoyed it thoroughly. Okay. So, anticipating that the way they've set this up is to be a franchise. Yeah. Who would be in your all star? So, I'm calling it Oceans Nine and Three Quarters. Oh, wow. Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. And you don't have to have nine people, but so who would you. If in the in the universe, and you know you know the universe better than I do. Uh-huh. Who would be in your all star heist? Oh wow! Um, okay, so it, let's see. So it has to be how many do we have? How many do I get? Do I get nine? Nine and a cameo. I said nine, but okay. Yes, please. Okay, so I'm gonna have nine to write these down. Nine, 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 right. Okay. Uh, nine and, and a cameo that's not uh, in the credits. Um, so I'm going to say I would like to have uh, Debbie and Lou because I like them together. And then I need to have um, uh, uh, what's Helena Bottom Carter's character's name? Rose. Uh, Rose. Yes. Got to have Rose. Um, and uh, let's see. Uh, I, I don't know what Rose is going to do because right? Rose's like talent feels a good fit for this heist, but not necessarily any other heist. And then, and then, I, and then I would need Danny and uh, the uh, Brad Pitt character's name, mm-hmm. whose name is escaping me. And oh, well, I want Linus. I'd like to have um, the uh, Matt Damon. Got to have Matt Damon on the on the squad. Um, Oh, gosh. Now it gets difficult for me. Absolutely. Now it gets difficult because I don't want to leave out. I mean, Rihanna's just like badass. And um, if I, if I, okay, Sarah Paulson, 
So Tammy, we'll put Tammy on there because she'd be really useful. Like whatever your heist is, like she is, she'd be super useful, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So I got two more. I'm tempted to put on the two bickering brothers from the first movies, but I don't think I'm mm. going to. Um, mm. uh, that done- seems to me like the rose of it, you know, because yes. they were Good call. bickering was part of their shtick, and right. she would be fine at shtick. Just send her out, and she'd sort of unwittingly, right? You know, be the distraction. Right. No, that's she a, that's a good bait. <laughs> oh, I know, I know, I know. Um, uh, Tess, Julia Roberts. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So I get one and a cameo. Um, okay, I am. Uh, Bernie Mac is no longer with us. Uh, and, and Don Cheadle's accent, I think, doesn't work in these move those movies. So, oh no. Um, oh, maybe no. I know the cameo would be Carl Reiner. Let's give Carl Reiner the mm. cameo, and then maybe I really I do I don't know Aquafina from anything. I understand mm-hmm. that you're telling me that she's an online star. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to send you her music video to it. A little ditty called My Vag. Oh, okay. Well, then let's definitely put her on the team. <laughs> she had she had an energy that I thought was unpredictable and very cool and um uh I think would would work well in this team. So let's put um Constance on this team too. Nice. That's a good team. I liked it. Yeah. I don't like I, I said I don't it. know what heist they would be they would Mm-hmm. Begin, but, um, so speaking of that, I want to ask you two other questions during this. It's not a game audience. It's a thought experiment because <laughs> there's only two of us. Yeah. Yeah. So based on any of either any of the films in the in the franchise, what skill do you wish you had based on this? Do you wish you were a fence, a, pickspo- a pickpocket, a munitions person, a mm. mastermind what is your what skill do you wish you had? I mean, it's hard not to say you would want to be that. I, it's hard for me not to say I would want to be Danny Ocean. I feel like that would be a fairly common answer uh, for people. Um, I think I am probably more a Linus. I, I am probably more a Matt Damon pickpocket trying to, you know, like live up to expectations. And, you know, I, I, I that's probably would be more my speed i've always i've always liked that character so very much um and i yeah i don't do I, munitions would be tough for me i'm not very technical i wouldn't be very good mm-hmm. i'm not a, i'm not an engineer um uh, so of the of the original cast i would probably say if i could be anybody it would be well if it could be anybody on any of the cast i'd be kate blanchett for sure i mean like i just i would right. love, love to carry myself off like that and like Ah, yeah, that would be my ideal. But if not, then then probably the, probably Linus. What about you? I mean, I absolutely think you're Danny Ocean. Oh, in terms of your well, I I mean, That's so sweet. sure, yes, <laughs> yes, it's a compliment. But I also meant like you're a director. You're you have a vision that you want to see, you know, come right. out the other side, right, right? And it's other people's jobs to adhere to that, right? So damn right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that, yeah. that tracks for me. I, I think either I would be the, the Kate Blanchett or the, the Brad Pitt of producing. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. So you have your vision. Right. And then I, I need to help 
ask the right questions to get. Yeah, totally. Yeah. What do we get? To, what do we need to get done, and who's going to do it? I think that's very much my um, aesthetic. That would be us. Uh, You're right. That would we are. It would be us. We are. We are Debbie and Lou. Yeah. Well, or Danny and Lou, yes. or what are we? Yeah. Yeah, I think Danny and Lou. Let's go. <laughs> let's go with that one. I like that better. Okay. Um, I think the other thing is I, I could um I. I do really like Mindy Kaling's character and her part of it in that she had a very specific set of skills, very specific. Or, yeah. No, that's not the line, but you know what I mean? The yeah. Liam Neeson. Yeah, um, yeah. And she's the best at doing this one thing. Yep. And so she's going to do it. She's going to get it done. She also knows about the larger. Yes. You know, she understands the larger pieces, but she's not out there talking about it. Right. So I, I, I felt like that, that worked for me as well. Also, I'm not techie, so I could not be either hacker, but I would appreciate their, either of their help with my household. Um, <laughs> Electronic items. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh? Uh-huh. And then finally, in I, in any iteration of the franchise, whose part would you want? If you were going to play a role. Oh, and see, that's why I, I think I may have slipped into the Linus thing. I was thinking about that, like who I would want to. Mm-hmm. Now, you mean as an like acting in the movies or like it's yeah. a real heist and you are. OK, yeah. So I, I, I yeah, I, I would like the Linus part. I, I like that part so much. And I think it would I think it would. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not comparing myself to Matt Damon, but I, there's a um, I don't know that I as an actor could pull off the um, the Danny Ocean thing, maybe in real life, but not in not in the movies. What about you? Hmm. I'm, I'm having trouble remembering all the ins and outs of all the 11 of them in the 11. Wouldn't it be funny if I said, you know, Ling the acrobat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not do that well um i think i think it for me it probably goes back to sarah paulson uh-huh yeah 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 i think i could play that role yeah totally um i would love a crack at the hill in a bottom carter <laughs> i i um did a an impression of helena bottom carter in a class this last semester that got a few raves uh that that so it reappeared a few times <laughs> oh, nice. i can't remember exactly how or when but i i'm told i can do a mean helena bottom carter but i don't think i could sustain oh, I it love that. for a whole for a whole film <laughs> so to any of the students who are in that class if you had your phones out we would really appreciate <laughs> uh capturing that what? so that's my not not quite a game tonight i don't know if i deserve the game theme song but i wanted to explore because these are um you know, such sort of fantasies, like you say, a, a bit of a Robin Hood fantasy. And we want our our misfits to come out ahead. Yeah. Uh, and it was it's fun to um, sort of play around with the types. You're here. That was fun. So, Tobin, we've come to the point now where we give our final thoughts uh-huh. our closing thoughts more accurately is this movie a step forward or a step back for fearless women in front of and behind the camera this is a step forward this movie is progressive there's no question about it whatever sort of faults it has however sleepy it might be i did chuckle out loud a couple of times uh i my the last word on my notes is the word delightful this is a this is a delightful movie it, it's not going to linger with you but it's one that you should see and i think it is 
I, I'm so glad it is opening as well as it has. Uh, in terms of its box office, it means hopefully they'll make more and make more movies like this and make more movies with these actors. I said, what about you? Is this movie progressive or regressive? I think uh, progressive as well. I would agree as we tend to. We're going to have to find one where we disagree about this. <laughs> about this section. We disagree about films for sure, yeah. but about this right. point. Um, from uh, the things I would add from, from my perspective being there's um, some inclusivity in the casting around um, race, ethnicity, as well as um, body type, age. You know, yeah, there's right. um, these are not all Anne Hathaway's. Poor <laughs> 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 Anne Hathaway, I'm sorry. scapegoated in this episode. But um, so I, I appreciate that. And then also uh, the fluidity of sexuality that I read onto it. Yes. I thought this is progressive. Um, maybe I'm the only one. Twitter will tell me if I'm the only one there. Um, so, so yes, I think for the reasons you stated, as well as some of that, um, uh, you know, some of those intersectional bits on top or th- and around and through as um, <laughs> the nature of that word, uh, I agree it is progressive i'm glad people are seeing it i'm glad people are enjoying it and um i'm sure i will enjoy it again what's up next Tom? i'm so excited next we are going to see a movie called the leveling uh this is a movie directed by a friend of mine a good friend of mine from film school hope dixon leach uh she's uh, fabulously talented it's such a good movie um and uh, just from last year Uh, So we are going to watch that and talk about it in two weeks. That episode will come out on July 11th. And then sometime after that, we will have a bonus episode where we're going to get to talk to Hope and ask her about making the movie and about being a working director in uh, uh, in sort of the world of making features and in addition to that, how it is, is sort of because she's very, very interested also in um, matter issues of sort of uh, caregivers and parents and um, who are in the film business, in the entertainment industry and uh, has done some work there. So, uh, yeah, we have lots of fun things to talk to her about. So watch the leveling before uh, July 10th and then come check out our next episode. Uh, Eisen, you have something you wanted to say, too, about we have uh, some listeners you wanted to give a little shout out to. <laughs> You know, I was going to do that um, when I got down to. Oh, sorry. Okay. Well, I'll ju- I can um, just, we can. We can to my that. script and the, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. It helps us spread the word. And then I was I was worried that so you've had issues before with turning off the podcast before we get through all the credits, let alone to the, um, to the uh, outtakes that are at the end. So I was going to, I was going to get it in here early where maybe people were still listening. Such shade. Um <laughs> I wanted to double check with you too. Um, is the leveling easy to find? Yes, the leveling you could rent it on uh, Amazon, iTunes. Um, Perfect. Although okay. you should Just also go sure. buy it because it's uh, it's very very good. Okay, tee me up again, or I'll just yeah. do it. Um, okay. <laughs> Iceland, where can people find you if they want to find you online? You can find me at sassy nerd mt. And on Twitter, that's obvious, right? At yeah. mm-hmm, on uh-huh. Twitter, and I while while we're talking about me, I wanted to shout out a couple of um, new listeners and new friends. Um, Aaron and Shelley are out there; they're listening. Uh, they came for the aliens; they're staying for the winter's bone, and we're um, so happy to have them and um, uh, be their gateway into the Cage Club universe. Oh, good. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Shelley. 
Hey, uh, maybe maybe Actually, they should suggest a movie we should watch. You know, they did, and right the second I can't remember oh. it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so as soon as Isa remembers it, we will yeah. put it on the schedule. So find me on uh, on Twitter, and um, and remind me uh, what your movie suggestion was. Tobin, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Tobin Addington, and you can find us at Facebook.com slash The Contenders Pod or on Twitter at Contenders underscore pod. Tell us what movies you'd like to see us do in the future. Tell us how much you like what we do. We really like that. We hear The Contenders are proud members of the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all those great shows, go to cageclub.me or Facebook.com slash Cage Club, and you can find them on Twitter at Cage Club Pod. Excellent. You can also now find both of our host bios on cageclub.me. Ooh, right. Yeah. We did our homework. Well, you did yours first, but... I wasn't going to say it. But I did mine best, <laughs> and I did say it. Uh, you can find all the Cage Club Network shows on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Please review. That really helps us um, spread the word, tells other people um, why you like to listen to us. And if you leave us a comment or suggest a movie, and Island remembers the name of it, <laughs> we might even read it on an upcoming show. So once again, sorry to Aaron and Shelley. <laughs> Tell me again what it is we should do. And we'll do it. Now, I, now I'm committed, yeah, right? Whatever now we it have is. To do yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> Excellent. I'm Isla Addington. I'm Tobin Addington, and we'll see you next time on The Contenders. Uh, okay, uh, another thing that... I... Or what... Sorry, let's stop. <sighs> I am Tobin Addington. And I am Islin Addington. And that's it. It's just the two of us. And sorry. Today, I, sorry. Oh, oh, uh, sorry. You said Islin introduced this movie. You, there was a big pause there. So I thought, oh, I'll just jump in with something. I was, I was trying not to breathe. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Okay, okay, go ahead. I'll go for my okay. Islin Addington.